What's going on, everybody? This is Julian back with Mentality Podcast. For those listening, welcome back to my voice. For those watching, say hello to my beautiful face. Today, we got a special guest, Mr. Adam Goldway. I said your last name right? Yeah, you're the first one. What okay. The hell? <laughs> there you go. So, Adam is, I can already tell, a ball of energy. I know that just from this brief conversation from Instagram. Um, his story from what I've seen on Instagram is just incredible. I've not, you see a lot of like weight loss transformations, but you've never like, I've never met a person that really went through a weight loss transformation. You know what I mean? I see it on yeah. TV and stuff, but not in life. So I think it's dope. But how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, dude. Just getting off a 10 hour day at work. Just trying to keep the energy up for this. Cause I knew it's going to, it was going to be needed. Yeah, so. for sure. What do you do? I'm a machinist, okay. so I make parts for Boeing, like all the commercial airliners. And it's just weird because I've I've been doing this shit 10 years. And for the last eight of it, it's been all stuff for Boeing. So if you've ever flown on a commercial airliner and you made it safe, you're welcome. <laughs> I just did that like two weeks ago. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. So um, and, and how long have you been in Arizona? I've been here since November 2019. 2019. Where were you before that? Uh, Temecula, California. Okay. Are you always on the West Coast? Yeah, I've always been out here. When I was a baby, we lived in Florida, but I don't remember that shit. Okay. This is my first stint ever on the West Side of the, oh, of the really? U.S. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Oklahoma. Oh, shit. For reals? Where at in Oklahoma? So I was born in Muskogee, but... Uh-huh. I pretty much grew up and raised and when I moved, so I moved from Oklahoma to Missouri first, um, but I was in Norman for most of it. Oh, okay. My sisters uh, used to live in Duncan. Oh, okay. I know Duncan. Yeah. So yeah. We, spent, we spent some summers out there. It's fucking miserable. I was about to say, ain't nothing in Duncan. No, nothing. The <laughs> local hangout is Walmart. Yep. <laughs> and the thing about in Oklahoma, it's a lot of cities like that. But I remember, uh, so Shakota, that's where Carrie Underwood's from. So like, okay. that's their claim to fame. And we were playing high school football. I'll never forget. And uh, I actually did. I hit this kid and I fell on him. And <laughs> his ankle literally went like this. Like when he got, when I got up, he's screaming and his foot is looking at me. But his you body, fucking- yeah, I, but I, it wasn't like I, you know, some people hit and knock somebody out. It what I hit him, but it's just the way that I fell on his foot is what I guess caused it to snap. Bro, it took the ambulance 40 minutes to get there because that no. was the closest one to the town. <laughs> you fucking Conor McGregor his foot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right. But I'm just like, like we we sat so long, we had to rewarm up. Like, oh my <laughs> yeah, I'm just like. Bro, y'all don't have nothing close? Like, so, yeah, bro, that's Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. I've been in places like that where I got in a uh, motorcycle accident where I actually got my first taste of morphine. Okay. Um, it was this one. Oof. It was a, a head-on collision. We were about 10 feet in the air, and uh, I came off one side. Someone came off the other, and we met head-on, and that was the tire spinning on my arm. I had the same thing on the back of my neck. I think it was probably... 16 is when I got my first taste of morphine Wow! and uh, we were so far out that uh, it took us, it took us an hour to get to the hospital because we were so far out in the mountains and I was just, 
I had a broken collarbone. I had 10 oh. stitches. I needed 10 stitches in my chin. I had this going on on my arm, the back of my neck and uh, some knee damage because I had knee surgery a couple of years prior. So that was fucked up. And then, yeah. So do you, do you get back on a motorcycle? Uh, yeah, I was riding the next weekend. See, like that's the, <laughs> that's the bravery. Like I, so I've never rode a motorcycle. Yeah. And the only reason is out of straight fear. And it's For because, real? yeah. So one of my favorite basketball players back in like 2003 from Duke went to Chicago Bulls. He got drafted. He won rookie of the year. He's an analyst now. And that summer he crashed his bike and never played basketball again. Oh shit. And I was just like, I'm never getting on a motorcycle after <laughs> I heard it. And my tattoo artist from back home, actually, he had one. He had like one of them choppers. Like, I mean, he was into it, bro. And when it's summertime, he out riding. And I we were talking about it. He was like, So you've been in a helicopter, right? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Would you do that again? I was like, Yeah. He was like, But Kobe died. And I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, you got me. Because I'm a major Kobe fan. I got a tattoo. Yeah. Kobe oh, sick. Yeah. And so he said that he's the one who did it, too. And I was just like, you punk. Like, you, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I can't say nothing back, and I don't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I might have to do that. But I know you mentioned, you know, morphine was, you know, getting into the drug situation that you are out of now. God bless for that. Um, what was your drug of choice? Um, at first, it started out because I had always ridden uh, BMX and motocross and various accidents uh, when I was like 16, between the ages of like 14 and 16, every time I got in an accident, bro, they handed out Vicodin like it was nothing. It would be like a bottle of 90 with like four refills on it. And I would fucking run through them. Right. And it was just like, and plus I, addiction runs in my family. My father's an addict. And, uh, so I had always gotten a taste for it and I didn't have medical insurance anymore. So I started getting it off the street when I was like 18, 19. And then it started getting really fucking expensive. It was like seven bucks for one pill. Right. And, uh, I, I don't remember how I met this lady and her husband, but they were getting, uh, California state benefits and they were like, oh, well, we get morphine. And I was like, oh, shit, that's stronger than Norco. So I'm going to try that out. They were selling it to me for two bucks a pill. And I had a, I was a machinist at the time. So I was making good money. And I was spending probably two, almost 300 bucks a week on morphine. And they were selling it to me for $2 a pill. And I was running through anywhere between 15 to 18, 200 milligram morphine tablets every day. Wow. And maintaining a 50-hour work week, and I was just, like, a zombie all the time. So, would you say you were, like, dependent on that to get through oh. your day? Oh, most definitely. My day started with two or three of them, and then every couple hours I was taking two more. Depending on how I was feeling, I was, like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I can be higher. So, I'd take, like, another two or three, and it would just, the cycle would continue every day. Man, <laughs> every it, it, day. It's actually, it's crazy you said about, you know, the addiction that runs in your family. I would argue, and I tell people this all the time, we all have an addictive instinct oh, yeah. when it comes to something. Like, 
look behind me. We all have an addictive instinct <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to something. You know what I mean? Um, and then some people are able to channel it in, in certain ways. Some people would say that this is not a good way to channel it. Whatever. I hate you. But for the people that, you know, put things together, I understand it. Would you say that was there anything within your childhood that kind of influenced this or was it just like you just kind of um, popped up with the injuries and that's how it started? It might have been because uh, when I was younger, I was always put into like therapy and psychiatrists and stuff like that. And they were always force feeding me pills for like because I have ADHD and I had depression anxiety from the time I was six. So they were always force feeding me pills. So in my brain, like, oh, I have pain, I should take a pill for this. You know, I have this going on, I need a pill. So like, it was just like ingrained in my brain that if you have an issue, just take a pill for it. Right. And it just continued up until the time I was 28, 27, 28. And it was just like, it was a downward spiral. I didn't realize it was that big of an issue till one day I was uh, having my daughter's birthday party and I was like, oh, I'm going to try and stay clean for the day. And by noon, I think it was noon after waking up at like eight o'clock in the morning, four hours later, we were in an air conditioned room that was set to like 67. So it was freezing. Yeah. I was sweating my ass off. I was just profusely sweating. I thought it was just because I was 400 pounds. I was like, oh, I'm just fat. Right. And no one else was fucking sweating. So I was like, oh, shit, what the hell is going on? 30 minutes to an hour later, I started having dry heaves. I was dry heaving. And I just felt like shit. And my girlfriend at the time, I told her what was going on. And she looked me dead in the eyes. And that's when I knew. Because she was just like, you have a fucking problem. And I was just like, oh, shit. I didn't even think about it. I didn't think it was a problem. I thought I was just doing pain management and I was just, cause I have some calf muscle missing in my left leg. I had surgery on my right knee. I had sciatic nerve damage cause I was 400 pounds. So I was like, Oh, I'm just doing what the doctor would do. So, I mean, what's the problem? I'm not addicted. I'm just, it's just pain management. And it just clicked and it, that resonated with me and it just stayed there for weeks. And then, uh, a couple months later, my daughter's biological mother contacted me and said that she couldn't take care of her anymore. Couldn't take care of our daughter because I only saw her on weekends and she couldn't take care of her anymore. So she was dropping her off with me to live full time. And that's when it really fucking clicked just instantly. I was like, I've got to fucking get better because I can't have my daughter here seeing me like straight off of work, just like sitting on the couch. Right. Like this. You know what I mean? So I gave it up cold turkey going from about almost two grams of morphine every day. I quit cold turkey. I was fucked up for, I think, 12 to 14 days. I was still I was still going to work because I needed to. Me and my girlfriend had a, an apartment and my kid lived there now. So I had to put food on the table. I had to keep a roof over our head. I mean, she works, too, but, you know, two income household is the only way it's going to work in Southern California. Yeah. So uh, I maintained working. Luckily it was a small shop and uh, the guy was really fucking cool. He kind of saw like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Right. Like, Why do you look like this? Right. So after, after that 
like detox period, I guess you could call it withdrawal symptoms and everything like that. I was just like, I had this energy that I'd never fucking had before. So I was just like, I got to do something. I have an addictive personality. I, I have to do something. Right. And my apartment had a gym like right across, right across the way from us. So I started getting up before work and going in there. I was doing that two or three days a week. That was like all I could handle at the time right. being so heavy. And I was just like, you know, I was just like, just doing it for an outlet. I was just like, Oh, you know, I like this. This is kind of cool. Then I started seeing results like pretty quick. Cause when you're that heavy weight just falls off when you mm -hmm. change up your diet and stop <laughs> drinking just, soda and beer. Yeah. yeah. It, it just like the first 50 pounds just fell off right. within like six weeks. Right. It was fucking crazy. And I was like, Holy shit, this is the most insane thing like I'd ever experienced. So I was like, you know, I want to be under 300 pounds. That was my goal. I was like, I want to be under 300 pounds. I haven't been under 300 pounds since I was like 18. So that's going to be my goal. I got under 300 and I was just like, fuck, where else can I take this? I can take this further. So I set another goal out to be 250 because I hadn't been 250 since like freshman year of high school. Got down to 250 and I was like, fuck, man. I'm just... I'm obsessed. So I got down to 235 all on my own. I mean, this whole time I was doing like, I was doing all the research, you know, for training programs and how to count macros and do all this stuff. So I did all my own nutrition from 400 to 235. Wow. And uh, that's when I finally decided to hit up a coach. Yeah. And I've been working with coaches ever since, you know, just, and it's just fucking crazy because people see, the physical stuff, mm -hmm. you know, they see I've lost right now. I'm probably like 240, 245. So I'm down like 155 pounds. The leanest I ever got was 205. And they see the physical changes. But to me, it's been more of a mental change than anything. Yep. Because it's just like, like, I still have the addictive personality, but right. granted, it's for something more uh, beneficial to life than right. fucking drugs. Right. And it's just like the mental changes. I feel more than the physical. It's yeah. fucking crazy. And and the the crazy thing that I would say, first of all, so when it comes to lifting weights and and bodybuilding and what we do, the mental aspect I think is the most forgotten. And I've said oh, yeah. this on like four or five shows, and like and I'll keep repeating it. But like even in the way that we work out, people forget the mental aspect of it. Like if I like lifting heavy damn it i should lift heavy you know what i mean yeah. like if, if if i love and enjoy coming in the gym lifting heavy six to eight reps and then i get a coach that says do 20 i'm not gonna <laughs> put i'm not gonna put as much effort into that psychologically yeah. there's no way you can i don't care what anybody says you get out like no like i promise you if you're enjoying what you're doing you're gonna get more out of it i don't care what i don't care what science oh, yeah. says anything so like when you say about the mental I agree. Like you changed your physical, but you changed your mental. And a lot of people see the transformation physically because yeah. it's there and have no idea what it took. Oh yeah. That battle mentally that you had to go through to become even a better person than what they're seeing on the outside. So I applaud you for that. And I would encourage you to keep sharing that with people, you know, like, yeah, you see this physical part, but like, bro, my mental is 195 pounds greek statue superhero <laughs> yeah. like y'all have no you know what i mean like y'all have oh, no yeah. clue what i'm going through bro that's dope yeah i've kind of uh 
fell off a little bit on Instagram because I've been injured for the last few weeks. So I've just been like posting funny ass memes, shit that's helping me. Because <laughs> like right now, like the gym is my addiction. Right. So for me, you know, that's my outlet. And that's where, you know, that's my therapy. And then right now I'm just like, I kind of fell off a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know you see the fucking funny ass memes that I've been yeah, posting. And it's just like, it's stuff that's helping me personally get through the, I guess, the mild depression that I'm going through not being in the gym. Right. So, yeah, when I'm, I'm going to go train tomorrow. I'm going to go see what's going on because I injured my back last Saturday squatting. I went down for a rep and I felt something pop and I dumped the bar. And I just laid there on the platform for like 20 minutes. And my girl was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, I just felt something pop in my back. I have no idea what the fuck happened. We ended up in the emergency room the next day. Uh, it was fucking horrible. What'd you do? I have no idea. All they did was take x-rays. I don't know if it's a herniated disc or if it's muscular. So I have had an injury. Like, yeah. Um, I had it on camera, but like we talk about 2009. So oh, that shit. long gone. Um, and I was, this is when like, you know, Facebook was popping a little bit. So you, <laughs> yeah. you want to show your video. I, I do that anyway now, but like even back then and I go, I only had like 365 on the bar. It wasn't no like crazy weight. Yeah. And I go down and when I come up, you see me go. Oh, and I like, and I put the weight up and I'm like, what the heck was that? And like, I went another day or two trying to be a man and go lift i'm in pain bro like i'm laying in bed and it hurts to sneeze it hurts oh to yeah cough. and i'm just like so my um, coach at the time happened to have a chiropractor on our team he was like yo go see him i go and see the chiropractor he said that my hip went like this i had dislocated oh, yeah. my hip and pushed it so high up he was like i'm surprised you could walk and so he had to adjust it and put it back in but it was just like I could have went on for weeks trying to tough it out, not knowing that like I'm another step from really pushing this thing <laughs> in the wrong direction. <laughs> I yeah. feel you, bro. I feel you. I feel like I feel like that's my issue too, because the knee, my right knee, I had surgery on. So the range of motion isn't the same. Right. So my hips probably shift a little bit mm -hmm. down in the hole. And that's where it happened. I was in the hole and I just felt a pop. I didn't even try to come up. I just dumped it. Yeah. And I've been having some pain in my hip, like the pain. I feel a little bit in my hip, but mm -hmm. it's like mostly like right in my spine. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's just from the hip, sh the hip shift when I go down in the hole. Cause I, I take my squats deep as fuck. Right. <laughs> like I don't, I don't half rep it. So I'm trying to go as far down as I can. And it's just the knee didn't want to go. So the hip shifted and it just fucked me up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I would say the thing to always remember, you know, is there's rest and recovery is pivotal. Oh, hell yeah. So, like, I I don't know if you grew up playing sports, but, like, that whole I'm going to tough it out, get on the field, get on the court. I'm Walk it off. I'm done with all that. Yeah, like, I was, that. I was in the gym last week doing deadlifts, and – I felt okay, like not a big problem, felt okay. I go and hit my heavier deadlift, and like this happens to me a lot, but my equilibrium went off. That's normal. So when you yeah. go down, you come up, and you're just kind of shaky. And so like I'm used to that, and normally I can either stop or I'll go back down and kind of close my eyes a little bit, come back up, and I'm fine. 
It never stopped. Then I felt like my I pulled my lats because I'm so off. I'm like letting the bar carry me down, not controlling it really, but still trying to bring it back up. So I know my back was like, what, what's going on? Like this, <laughs> this is, and so like I, I come up, I finish my set and I'm just like, I'm literally hurting. And I'm like, I'm done. I racked the weight. I put my bag up, grab my keys, uh, talk to one dude at the gym. He's like, you done? I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, I don't, I'm not feeling it. I hurt something. I'm good. He was like, you're smart. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I went home, ate, and laid down, bro. So don't push it. That's my only advice. If you can get in there, get in there, but don't push it, man. If you go in there, maybe just do arms. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just to That's get back get in the drive. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow is just go see how it feels. Just hit a bunch of volume for arms and just see how it feels. I don't want to do anything that has to involve my back. I just have to fucking go. Right. Because it's driving me insane just going to work and then coming home and just sitting on the couch or laying in bed. It's driving me nuts. Right. Right. No, I understand. So would you say, cause I know, and you've talked about it. We already talked about the weight you lost, but getting to where you were before you started that was that intertwined with the drug abuse or was that like a separate thing? Um, I think it, I just didn't give a fuck cause I was so high all the time. I was just like, yeah, I'll fucking slam this one liter of fucking Coca-Cola and then I'll go to Carl's Jr. for lunch. And I just didn't give a shit because I was just like, when you're high, you really don't give a shit about anything except getting high. And then for me, it was like making money to get high. <laughs> so right, right. I went to work and I just ate like shit all the time. It was just a compounding effect. Like I was really active when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I've like, I've always ridden skateboards, BMX, and motocross, but, you know, you uh, find out about girls, and you, you kind of give up, <laughs> you kind of give up on, uh, like, BMX and doing all this stuff, so in high school, I was just like, I was just like, oh, girls, and all this shit, and I had my knee surgery, so I couldn't really ride bikes for a while, and then it just, like, I wasn't, I wasn't as active anymore, and I was still eating the same. And the weight just piled on. Right. I was like 300 pounds by the time I was a, I think, a sophomore or junior in high school. It was already really pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what, how old are you? I'm 33. Okay. So I'm 32. You were older than me. So, like back then, I'm trying to think BMX and skateboarding was just starting to get cool. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 So I remember like, Tony Hall Pro Skater game, then Dave, oh, Mer yeah. Dave Merrick, his game came out. I'm on Dreamcast. Like, I even got myself on the skateboard a couple times until I fell off busting my head, and that was it. <laughs> I was done, so I I'll watch. But um, do you ever get back on it now? Is that something you still do? Or um, I ride a street bike. I have a cruiser. So, like, uh, that's about as daring as I'm willing to go right now because I know I've been on motorcycles since I was 11 or 10. Right. And for me, it's just like, I don't know how to control myself. I had a street bike in Southern California. And if I wasn't fully on the gas, then I wasn't like going fast enough. And out there you can ride, you can go in between cars. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to sit at every stoplight. And uh, it's just like, it's dangerous. It's just too dangerous. I'm a fucking father. And then, you know, if I end up a vegetable, like what the hell is that going to do? Right. So, I mean, I've got the cruiser and it's pretty quick. But it's it's about as daring as I'm willing to go right now. You know, it's crazy. You're the second person that I've had on this 
that stopped cold turkey. Really? Yeah. So a guy I interviewed, uh, his name's Casey Luke or Luck. It's hard. It's he spells it L-U-E-C-K, but I don't know how to pronounce it. But he owns a barbecue <laughs> place out in Missouri where I was at. Oh shit. Um, and I get to talking to him and like alcohol. That was his. Oh fuck. And I mean, he he said that he drank so bad that he ended up in the hospital and they were basically like, You're about to die, like your kidneys pretty much fried. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, and I was just done. He's like, I never took another drink since then. He's like, I didn't go to any AA meetings. I didn't do anything. He said, that was the day I just was done. And I haven't had a drink since. And I'm like, huh? Like, so to hear another person say that, I guess it's like you said, it was that moment of reality that snapped you into. I'm yeah, it just hits you in the head like a brick, dude. Yeah. And that's crazy because you can die from alcohol withdrawal. He was on the hospital bed, bro. Like he was, and and he said he struggled with it a little bit. But I mean, not to to see Casey now, same thing with you. To see you guys now, full of energy. He owns a barbecue place. He's feeding people. You know what I'm saying? Like he's growing that. And it's like I couldn't even imagine. It. You know what I mean? I just couldn't imagine it. But. It's it's great at the same time because now you can share this story and you can call people on the BS because I oh, know yeah. I know you know and I know and I'll talk about that a little bit. I've been around addicts. My stepdad was an oh, addict. Yeah. The the BS that they throw at you, I can look through that now because I've experienced this my whole life. Like, dude, you're lying. Like, don't oh play yes. the game with me. You have no idea. Like, uh, people with overly toxic traits and uh manipulative and narcissistic bro you spot it mm-hmm. like instantly you can like see it on their face and you can feel the vibe coming off of their body because i was that person right. i was the manipulative narcissist who was doing anything you know to get drugs right so you're playing on people's emotions to get drugs so when you're that person you see that person in other people and it's fucking crazy how you spot it and you're just like because you just feel the vibe and it's like almost like putting uh, the same side of magnets together. You know what I mean? It's right. just like pushes apart no matter how much you try to push it together. And it's just like, it pushes you away and it's the fucking weirdest feeling. So what was the biggest like personality change for you once you stopped? Like what was something, I know you went to the gym, but what was something that you noticed that maybe you had lost or something new that you found in this new state? Um, I think it's just um, an overall sense of well-being. I'm, I grew up on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. And, you know, I still get times where I have anxiety, but it's not crippling. You know what I mean? I can kind of talk myself through it and breathe through it. And just knowing I'm going to go train later. It's just the, the, brain, the mind shift is different. It just hits different because you've got that therapy and that outlet. Um, and just being more positive, way more positive about things. Like I, I get riled up by little things like driving mm-hmm. in traffic, bro, hitting, hitting grand or bell at like four in the afternoon. You're just like, fuck, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. You know what I mean? But other than that, like big things happening, I'm just like, oh, you know, this is cool. I'll figure it out. Right. No, I got you. So, and. With the, I guess, with the with the change in weight, what was something new that you discovered in that? 
Like, because that you're you basically became two different people. Like, and I, oh, yeah, I'm physical <laughs> and mental. You know what I mean? So yeah. what did you notice about the, the physical change? What were, did that, you know, help you mentally in some situations? Like, what did you notice about that? Um, it helped me mentally. I'm just an overall more confident person in everything that I do. I'm not I used to be extremely introverted. Like I couldn't go to restaurants without thinking people were staring at me like, oh, shit, we're about to we better order our food now because we're not going to get any. You know, if I would walk into like a McDonald's, people would just judge. And now it's just like now it's totally different because if I walk into a McDonald's and people are like, that guy eats here. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like it, it's totally different. Like the way people treat you is completely different, too. So me and my friend actually spoke about this um, as far as the importance of health. Um, and it sounds very materialistic to say, I guess, or judgy, but I don't care what anybody says. If you got big biceps, you're more, <laughs> I'm serious. You're more accepted. Yeah. Like you're intriguing. Yeah. If you walk into a place and you're trying to sell something, the guy that's more fit is going to get the attention. Like it's oh, just yeah. how it is. And it's the world that we live in. So I even look at that as an aspect, but I also look at it too, like, and you, you kind of mentioned this. So to me, you are displaying the most humility and being the best dad you can be by getting in shape. It's very easy. And I think it's selfish of some people that they don't take care of their health and they have kids because oh, what yeah. example are you leaving for them? And are you the best for them? performance wise like can you run around with them can you keep that oh, energy yeah. up and i wish people would look at it like that because that's the responsibility i think you have when you have a kid like think about that my mom did that for me yeah people they they tend to uh not care about their health till they've got one foot in the grave right you know what i mean they're they i see a lot of people you know they're just like they think they don't have time i'm like dude you get it in where it fits in yeah you can, you can make the time if it's important to you. I guarantee if you went to the doctor right now and they were like, your blood sugar is in the 200s and you're borderline diabetic, you're going to fucking die. They'll change something. But it's only at that point where people start to change shit because it's a dire emergency. Right. But if and, you start, and it doesn't even have to be a drastic change. Like no. I did. I'm, I'm super uh, like when I do things, I'm all in. It's either a fuck yes or a fuck no for me. So it's like, um, I'm, I just fucking hit it as hard as I could. I just went all in. And right. I try to tell people, like, you don't have to do that. No. You don't have to do it like I did because I, I'm an extremist. I take everything to the extreme. Like, you don't have to do it like that. You can do half of what I did and still get the results. And the one thing I like that you said was you spent time researching and reading yeah. and finding programs because that's what's missing. Like it's such oh, yeah. a lack of education when it comes to food and exercise in America. It, it blows my mind, but I'm like, first of all, don't like I tell people, don't ever think that you need to do what I do. Like this restrictive yeah. dieting. Like you don't need to do that. You can do a your macro. You can just watch. Like there's certain things you can do that make you have a sane life. It's just a lack of education. And people think that, and, well, it's a lack of education, but I also say this, you mentioned like, when you were younger, the anxiety and they're feeding you prescription pills and drugs, so, like that's starting that habit. It goes back to how we grew up. You gotta stop throwing the Pop-Tarts and the candy and the stuff in your oh, kid's yeah. mouth 
so early because that's all they know. Like yeah. one of the things for me, so I had ADHD. I still have it. They know had I still got it. Like I, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It never but goes away. Never goes away. But my mom did not want to put me on any medication for it. And of course the school, because I'm, you know, I'm acting goofy running around. They're like, no, he needs to be on it. So we went and got a second opinion. So I she talks to the doctor and he was like, I'm not gonna recommend you put him on anything. He said, but you need to do a diet change. Minimize the sugar, stop giving them so much sugar, do more healthy foods. So we started eating fish, potato and salad. That was the meal for dinner. My snacks were a lot healthier. Guess what happens? I'm not hyped up on caffeine all freaking day. <laughs> so yeah. I come down a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it was just like, and she educated herself to do that. But before that, like everything, <laughs> we're eating McDonald's, yeah. Brahms, like whatever it was. And she was like, okay, we got to stop. That really helped me. Oh yeah, dude, you have no idea how many messages I get a day on Facebook or Instagram. Like, oh, you know, I was thinking about doing keto or going vegan. I'm just like, you don't need to do that no. at all. Like you don't. I was thinking about putting half a stick of butter in my coffee because I saw it on Reader's Digest. I'm just like, dude, you don't need, it's so over the top. Yeah. You don't need to fucking do that shit. Nope. You just track your food. It's, yeah. it's seriously that simple. You track your food. I know it's like, it gets a little monotonous and mm -hmm. it's, but once you start doing it, it becomes a habit, like brushing your teeth every morning. It's the first thing you do. And you, I make my food every night. I pack all my meals and I put them in the fridge. It's just part of my day. And it, it's so interesting that you say the monotonous is like, okay, then quit your job. Yeah. You do the same shit at work every day. You every day. No. Yeah. That's what I'm, and then like, and like you said, with the people who say they don't have time, it's like, I can go on Facebook right now. And the same people who tell me they don't have time are the same people that watch the locks versus dipset versus battle last yeah. night from seven to nine it could tell you every song that was and i'm just like but you don't have time to meal prep yeah. like it's not a priority that's what it comes down to it's just not a priority yeah it's not a priority because they don't have a foot in the grave yet yeah and that's terrible that you say that but it really is it's the reality it really is nobody wants to change anything until you know the, nobody changes when they're in the comfort zone right and people when they're comfortable they don't feel the need to change. No, nope, it's only when their their doctor says you need to change something or you're gonna die is when they get uncomfortable enough to make a change. Yep. So let me ask you this: Do you ever deal with any like triggers? Triggers as far as what, like uh, to Drugs. relapse or relapse um, or anything? No, that's pretty much gone. You know, when I hurt my back, they gave me Percocet you know, and I took it. So I don't know if that's considered a relapse, but you know, I fucking needed it. Like I right. could barely walk and I had to go to work on Monday. Right. I've been at work this whole time. So, you know, I, they only gave me 20 of them. It's been two weeks. I just finished them the other day and I feel no urge to run out on the streets and get any. So I feel like that urge is gone because I know, I know where that road leads mm -hmm. because towards the end, after I told that, you know, before I was told that I had a problem, I, I swear to you in my head, I would think like three or four times a day, like, 
I wonder, because uh, I always heard heroin is so cheap. I wonder how much cheaper it is than morphine. You know, I could just smoke it or snort it. I don't have to inject it. I wonder how cheap heroin is. And I just know, because I'm an extremist, I'm going to go that far. But I don't feel the need to take shit. I don't, I didn't That's even really like it. I got really nauseous from it. And I was puking at work. I was puking at home. And I just the urge is gone. I think that's the most amazing thing to hear from you is like, you didn't go on to anything else. Normally when I hear a lot of like pill type stories, they're going, they're, they're feeding that. And then it gets into a heroin or, you know, a coke yeah. or, or something like that. So yeah, it's weird. Do you, so let me ask you this, as far as drugs at all, do you do anything? Anymore? Do I do anything now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I microdose mushrooms. Okay. Because it's, uh, I went through a lot of shit in the last year. So, um, you know, it really helps with anxiety. It's not like I'm taking mega doses. I take small doses and it, uh, it really helps because it really, it really helps you unpackage a lot of shit that you've got going on in your head and you're able to almost file it and think about things and unpack it and kind of assess everything. And you're just, you know, you're letting go of the fucking bullshit and it's almost therapeutic. So I do mushrooms. I don't, I don't smoke weed. I just do the, the hallucinogens and that helps with the anxiety and the right. fucking bullshit. So you're in Arizona and not smoking weed. Congrats to you. <laughs> Dude, everybody. I was in California and not smoking weed. True, true, true. <laughs> I think everybody I've met here is like, hey, it's the dispensary right there. Like, hey. Yeah. Dude, in Southern California, we had them like Starbucks, dude. Right, right. Arizona's about to be that way. I, it's oh, about yeah. to be that way. Yeah, it's about to be that way. So, any aspirations to uh, before I go there, what are your aspirations with fitness? What's what's the next step? What do you want to do? I would love to uh, take on clients for coaching. You know, macro coaching. And I was getting, I, bro. I put this on everything I love. I was going to suggest that, but I didn't want to step on any toes. With your energy and your passion and what you know, it, it, no way that you wouldn't get a gang of clients. Yeah, I, uh, I've worked with a couple people, and since I don't charge, a lot of people don't take it serious. But I was yeah. just trying to build. I was trying to build a portfolio because yeah. I know I can fucking do it. I lost 160 pounds on my own doing my own macros, and yeah. So I've done, I've done it for people and they've gotten really good results. Like this girl, Aaliyah, I worked with mm -hmm. and she just fucking crushed it. She's been on the macros for six months. She's been bulking and dude, this little chick yeah. eats, eats more food than most bodybuilding men. And she's like <laughs> 125. Yeah. She's 125 pounds, but yeah, she's finally going into a cut and that's going pretty good. And I just want to take on more people and just, you know, give more education. Mm -hmm. I would like to coach people and give them an education so that they can do it on their own. Yeah. I don't want someone to be reliant on me forever. Bro, you sound exactly like that's exactly what I used to say. I And like personal trainers are educators, whether oh, or not yeah. you guys want to see that you're an educator. And I'm like, if I'm doing my job correctly and I'm educating, I shouldn't have this person for longer than what, three months, four months, maybe. Yeah. And I'm just throwing that out there. And like, that was my goal. And I think that after you do that, it brings more clients into you. If you're worried about that, I think that person will give word of mouth to bring more clients or set your own team up. So now you got two or three coaches under yeah. team Adam and you guys are just raking 
raking and and and, and shaking and, and got clients <laughs> everywhere, man. Why not? Right? Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the one the one thing I always hear back from them is just like your fucking energy is what keeps me going because I'm always just like I'm always just fucking upbeat with them, you know. It's just right. you know, and it's it uh it just makes me happy because I I was not this person five years ago. I was right. really negative. I didn't care if I lived or died. So, you know, to just be like that beam of light for other people and, you know, just keeping them going, it keeps me going. You know, it's just, it's fucking awesome. I never in a million years thought that I would be this person who's helping people get their shit together. And I'm just, it just blows my mind. Right. And the dopest part is like, you can look back on the day that it all changed. June 16th, 2016. And I was born June 18th. So that's a great month. <laughs> oh shit. That's crazy. <laughs> but no, like I'm serious. Like it's just, that makes your story even doper that you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like June 16th was the day that I decided I'm making the change. And then you did it and you carried it out, bro. It's, it's something that I, I applaud and I'll applaud and I always will. And also, man, like, you know, as far as, co- I don't know anybody in Arizona, I'll be honest, <laughs> but as far as coaches go, word of mouth, if somebody ever talks to me, I'll push them your way. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm a fan. And I truly say that, like, I'm a fan of your energy. I'm a fan of your transformation. I'm a fan of your story. So. Dude, I appreciate you for real. It's like, even just letting me do this and just come on and just tell a story, you know, cause I like telling the story. If it reaches one person and they're just like, holy shit, if this fucking guy did it, then I can do it too. This dude was taking almost two grams of morphine and pills every day. And now he's like, you know, he's just changed shit around. If it impacts one person and they hit me up and they're like, Hey, can you help me? I will be like, fuck yes, dude, let's go. I, and I highly like, I would be willing to put a lot of money on it that this will impact somebody. That would be fucking awesome. And I'm not like, and that's the thing. I don't have a big store. I don't have like a big viewing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not this popping guy would that happen one day damn right i do believe oh hell yeah but right now i'm not but i've still gotten from people sharing their story messages or they've gotten messages like this really helped me like i appreciate it so i do think once i share it once you share it somebody's gonna watch this and and be impacted by it they might not even tell you too that's another thing about impact yeah not everybody tells you yeah it's and it's funny because like a lot of people are, are really hesitant to say something because of the way i look yeah like do I look, I mean, in my pictures and stuff like that, like, I guess I kind of look a certain way, but I'm the, I'm a fucking teddy bear, dude. Like (laughs) if I see people, I hug everybody. If I see people, I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? I fucking missed you. Like, I haven't seen you in a while. I hug everybody. Right. And I'm just like, I'm not this like weird person. People message me. They're like, Hey, you know, I didn't, I don't know if you'll read this or, you know, I was kind of hesitant to message you. But I, I just come back with twice the energy. I'm like, yep. man, I fucking appreciate you. Like, you have no idea. This makes my day. Because it really does. When people send me messages and they're like, you know, I'm pushing hard because of your story. I've been following you for a few years and I see you doing it. And I'm just like, I low-key want to tear up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. There's nothing wrong it, with that, bro. Real man crying. It pushes me. It pushes yeah. me. Because all these people just, you know, I, I was a fucking junkie, dude. And now right. I'm like, people are hitting me up saying how my story has helped them. And it's just, it just pushes me. Yeah. Right. And first of all, there ain't nothing wrong with a tear. 
All right. So <laughs> Not even I a little tell bit. people I can fight and I can cry, whatever y'all want. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. it, it, I think it's just the stigma of weightlifting. I yeah. don't think like I mean you got gauges in your ear like I don't what what else would people say like oh my god like I don't get that so I think yeah. it's just the stigma of weightlifting and the reason I say that I went to a, a work training in Ohio for two weeks yeah. and obviously I could walk in a room I'm probably going to be a one of the bigger guys wherever yeah. I go in certain situations so you know I go in a room and I don't I don't I'm a I'm a social person but I'm uh-huh, only yeah. I'm an only child too. So I can sit at home by myself and not care, but I can also <laughs> go to a party and be the life of the party. Well, in this classroom, everybody's new. I'm kind of keeping quiet to myself. And so the day two, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I wear this anyway, but I wore an NSYNC shirt. That's one of my favorite bands of all time. Oh, and I guess that was the light for everybody to realize maybe he's not a bad guy. Like, yeah. And this dude told me later, he was like, I'm not going to lie, bro. He was like, I thought you were a douche. He was like, but it was, <laughs> he goes, but it was because like you're a bigger dude and stuff. I just automatically assume like a meathead type guy. Yeah. Like, and then you wore that NC shirt, and I'm like, nah, this dude's probably cool. I'm like, yeah, bro. Like I love NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. I watch anime. Like I'll cook whatever you want. It's just the stigma, and I think people are just intimidated by health, like they really are. Yeah. And you are a a big proponent of that, so I think that's what it is. It's normal. Yeah. It's really, it's really weird how it's kind of like come around because I used to always be the big guy. Now yeah. I'm the big guy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm six foot 240. So it's like, I'm kind of just like, you know, it doesn't really matter unless I walk around with like a smile on my face or if I'm wearing like a goofy shirt. Like I have all sorts of like Deadpool riding unicorns fucking shirts. Yeah. And like that kind of sets the tone, lets people know that I'm not just a fucking asshole. But right. I'm, I'm just a fucking weirdo who wants to be you know, friendly with everybody. Yep. I don't have issues with anybody. I just, you know, I walk around. If I'm in the gym and people see me, because I, when I go in there, I'm there to work. I'm right. there to exercise demons. So my face may look a little angry, but I'm completely approachable. <laughs> yeah, I am. So I'm a big, like, I'm trying to be more because I was, I mean, you see my videos, man. Like, I'm trying to get in there and kill everyone. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, so yeah. with that being said, like, it's, my my thought process when I get in the gym is like you can talk to me before, you can talk to me after. Once I start lifting, like I don't want the conversations because, yeah, like you said, yeah, like you <laughs> said, I'm literally like I'm going through some some places mm-hmm. in my head when I'm lifting. Like I'm talking oh, yeah. to myself. I'm I I have a really bad fear of being injured or fear of not being able to do something. So before I do a lift, I am literally talking to myself like, no, you're not going to get hurt. Now you need this. You've done this. Before. Like, this is the conversation I have to have with myself before I hit a lift. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, like when I'm in that zone I and if I look mean, guys, I'm not. But <laughs> I mean, I can be, but I'm not. Yeah. But yeah, it's like you said, it, it I, that might be it. But at the same time, man, people should be able to understand, like, we're here to work at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't go to the gym to get females. Like I don't. Yeah. I, it's, I'm, it's therapy. Yeah. You go in there to exercise demons. Cause I go in there to exercise the, you know, just the fucking shit addiction. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. There's always a part of you that's just like, dude, 
you know, you just try to rid your brain of the fucked up shit you've done while being an addict or, you know, whatever the story is, the traumas. And, you know, you take those sets to an extremely dark place and your mm -hmm. face just changes. I've had, I've actually had people take pictures of my face like mid set and it does not, it's like straight out of the exorcist. Find that dark place, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to find it. So I got two more things. First All thing, right. does your daughter remember any of this? Um, no, it's, I'll like show her pictures from like five years ago. And she's, she's just like, what the hell? Like she doesn't recognize me at all. Right. She just knows that I've been going to the gym since she was six. So right. she's just like, Oh, what are you doing? What are you hitting today? Are you going to eat carbs today? And she <laughs> asked me all sorts of questions like that. Now that's good. I mean, you, you, you getting her there. She already yeah. know what was going on. So that's Dude. awesome. Today is her first day of sixth grade, and she wore a uh, my deadlifts and donuts shirt to yeah. school. She's like super proud of it. <laughs> she was all stoked. That's awesome. Well, tell her I said, you know, happy first day of school. That's a big deal. And sixth grade, you're a big sixth grader. Like that's a big deal. Oh, I know. I I was talking to um my ex because she's not her biological mom, but she's been in her life for nine years now. Right. And she's like my best friend. So like we, we were texting about her first day of school and she was just like super nervous about it because she just, you know, the shit she watches on TV, middle school, there's bullies. So she was all super nervous. And we were talking about sixth grade and what it was like for us. And I was just like, fuck, man. I feel like that was two weeks ago. Yeah. And first of all, so sixth grade for us compared to what kids in sixth grade are now ain't even like oh my god i worked at a boys and girls club for internship <laughs> like in college yeah. um and even then like some of the conversations these six and seven year olds were having i'm just like where did you learn this like why are you have like boyfriends and I'm oh, like, yeah. what is going <laughs> on like man bro mind blown mind blown so my last one have you ever thought about getting on stage I have thought about it, but I do have quite a bit of loose skin that I would have to get rid of before. Cause if I'm going to do it, I'm going for the, I'm going for an overall, for I'm not going to go. You're yeah. I'm going to take it <laughs> as far as I can. I'm not going to go step on stage just to say, Oh, I did it. No, I'm going to take it as far as I fucking can. Yeah. So it's probably going to be a couple of years before I can get the skin removal surgery and it'll have to be the full 360. So right. I have to recovery time from that all that shit. I did get really lucky though. Cause if you've seen the pictures on Instagram, I don't have, I have a lot. No. I don't have a lot of loose skin. No, you look but... way different than, so like my dad, um, he just, he had weight loss surgery. So yeah. I, my dad was six, five, almost hitting 500. Yeah. I'm, I am a total yeah, opposite yeah. of what my father is. And uh, what's crazy. My little sister, six, one, and my little brother is six four on his side, and Julian's five eight and a half. Thanks, Dad. You're awesome. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm five eight and a half, but he did give me the ability to grow. Like I'm, I can get oh, wide yeah. because he's a massive. Um, but he had to, he got weight loss surgery. He got COVID, and that put him on a hospital bed. Obviously, we're terrified because like COVID attacks the people who are less health conscious yeah. obviously that's what what is really getting him so he got through that and he was able to get the surgery i think he's lost almost 120 pounds in like six months god damn but obviously it's different than yours because they've shrinking the stump shrunk his stomach up he can't eat as much so the weight's coming down 
I'm sure he'll have that issue too. The thing I noticed, like you said about you, it's really not what I've seen from other people. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel like I got very fortunate with that. Right. I think it was just like the the pace at which I did it. Yeah. Because I focused on building muscle the entire time. I think that's it, what it is. Yeah, I wasn't the... Because I had worked out in high school for a little bit. I never took it serious. So I kind of had the basic fundamentals going on. So, it, and for me, it was just like, I want to be a freak. You know, I just wanted to grow tissue. I just wanted right. to get big. So I was just like trying to get too big for the last five years. So now when people say, I don't want to lift because I don't want to get too bulky. I'm like, bitch, I've been spending the last five years trying to get too bulky. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. You're not going to lift one dumbbell, wake up the next morning going, fuck. And I got to tone it down. No, it's, it doesn't happen like that. So it's like I was focused on building muscle, not just losing weight. Right. For sure. For sure, man. Well, listen, bro, been talking for a while. I want to say this before we end it. Um, the day that you, if you ever do decide to get on stage and go through that, I'll be there. I promise. Fuck you. yeah, dude. That would be sick. I don't care where I'm at. I'll fly in. Like I know we'll stay connected. Obviously, IG and everything. We'll have to actually get together. Oh, uh, dude, I'm down. One of these days. But yeah, bro, I would love. I think that would be like the almost the like best finish to this whole situation to see you on stage yeah. killing it, bro. Like that would be dope. Just a complete polar opposite. Yeah, bro. Like <laughs> you, and the thing is the stories like that are the stories you see on TV. You know what I mean? Like yeah. went from this to that, like, yeah, bro, you'll blow, you're, you're going to blow up anyway. Once you really start sharing your story more and getting it out there. I do believe. Yeah. That. I need to start doing that. I need yeah, to quit bro. fucking around. Yeah, bro, just go for it. That's what that's why I, I think I did a video a couple of days ago. Just get started, man. Like, yeah, I, it took me a year and a half to do this. And it's the easiest thing in the world. But I was so afraid. And then it was, well, I need to get the right camera. Well, I need to get the right. Like, bro, just yeah. get started. You can do all yeah. that stuff later. Just yeah. get started. So, yeah, same to you, man. Just do it, bro. You got the personality. You're funny. You got a hell of a story. Man, just go for it, bro. Fuck yeah, dude. Now. Now I'm going to push even harder, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, bro, I'm, I'll, I'll always be whatever I can do to help or support. I'm here. Like, Fuck yeah, dude. I yeah, appreciate man. you, for real. Yeah, no problem, bro. It's, it's, it's good to meet good people, so. Oh, hell yeah. Especially in the times we live in right now where everyone feels like we're so fucking divided and separated. You meet yeah. people that you just vibe with, and it's just, it's a relief. Yeah, for sure, for sure, 100%. So, for all those listening, thank you for taking the time out to listen to my friend Adam's story. It's a great story. For all those watching, not only did you get to hear <laughs> the story, you got to see two beautiful faces. Oh, hell yeah. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's just what it is. Um, but I will put links to Adam's Instagram in the descriptions. You guys go follow him. Go support him. He's post stories. He posts uh, funny memes. But he also posts <laughs> his transformation as well. It's good content. So check that out when we just uh, put that in. You got anything else you want to say, man? No, man. I appreciate the time. And just, I just sincerely appreciate it, man. Seriously. For sure, bro. For sure. And also, shout out to Hunter, Baked and Bougie Cookies, because he's, oh, the one, yeah. he's the one who really set this up because he was like, yo, my friend Adam. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Did I talk to you? And I'm like, oh. I get it. Like, yeah, I want him on here. So, <laughs> so again, thank you guys. Have a great rest of the day.